free agents and potential Caps trade scenarios next on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Capitals trade candidates. Uh, We know that what was going on on the ice last year didn't cut it. The Capitals didn't make it to the playoffs for the first time since 2014. So we know there is going to be a lot of change afoot. We'll talk about that in the show. Then we will talk about the players, uh, the free agents uh, this summer. Which of those players will be coming back, if any? And what will the face of this Caps team be going forward next season? But just to get it going here, we'll talk about the pending free agents on this team and what is the face of the Capitals going to be going forward. You know, one of the things that Brian McClellan had spoke about in uh, Breakdown Day or his, uh, you know, postseason presser is he talked about that he wanted to address the top six. He also spoke about how he wanted to address the blue line and how is that going to manifest itself? As we know, the new league year kicks off July 1st and the Caps have five players on expiring contracts who will be unrestricted free agents forwards Connor Sherry, Craig Smith, Connor Brown, and Carl Hagelin, as well as defenseman Matt Irwin. Defenseman Martin Faravari is a restricted free agent as well, depending a qualifying offer. So just taking a look at the players there, I do think that Connor Sherry played his last season with the Capitals. I think that's kind of well-known. Craig Smith was one of the guys that the Capitals got in trade for Dimitri Orloff and Garnet Hathaway. You know, the Caps in return got Craig Smith and some draft picks. The whole story with that is Boston wanted Craig Smith's contract off the book. So they said, if you're, we're going to make this trade, you have to take Craig Smith with you. So that's what ended up happening. So I do believe that he probably also played his last season with the Caps. There's a little bit more question marks up for me. Um, about Connor Brown, as we know, he didn't really really get a good look on the Caps. He got injured almost immediately after he started playing the regular season to the Caps. And does Brian McClellan want to go all in on a player that is an unproven commodity? Um, it's a big question mark. And if I was the GM, I would probably move on from Connor Brown. I think there's probably more viable options out there. One of the things that Brian McClellan said is that Connor Brown is a great person. And and that's great, but great people don't necessarily win hockey games. Great hockey players win games. And then also Carl Hagelin, as we know, who faced a myriad of different injuries. We know he um, took that stick to the eye and and lost vision briefly in his eye and still kind of struggles with depth perception and that kind of thing. He also had a similar issue, hip issues that uh, Nick Backstrom had. 
Um, I guess, you know, that remains to be seen for Carl, uh, Carl Hagelin. Uh, the one thing I will say about Carl is that he is one of the most optimistic guys that I've ever heard. He, you know, some guys, if they got, you know, lost vision in one of their eyes, you know, I know that some of it has come back. They might have a bad attitude, like, you know, how, why did this happen to me? That's not the case with Carl Hagelin. So uh, they do have some questions to make on him about his future. Again, a nice guy, but nice guys don't necessarily win hockey games. I know that Carl Hagelin was a really great hockey player before all these injuries, but the fact still remains uh, that he is dealing still with some sorts of injuries. McClellan has publicly expressed his interest in reta uh, retaining Faravari, starting at this year's trade de deadline that he and fellow 23-year-old defenseman Rasmus Sandin were caps the players can build around after Washington avoided any business with a qualifying offer for Alexiev by negotiating a new deal in early May. Faravari is a candidate to be next. And I do expect that Faravari will be extended. I do think that he does a good job. He led the team, you know, I don't know if it was at the end, but for a good chunk of the season, he led the team in hits. Uh, he's a good sound defenseman, has a little bit of offensive uh, to his game as well. So I would want to bring Faravari back to this team. Alexiev, that was another solid signing. And one of the things that I think you will see Alexiev play more, uh, especially now with a different head coach, uh, one of the things that Dmitry Orlov had said when he left the Capitals is he thought that, you know, a player like um, uh, Alex Alexiev should have had more of an opportunity than, say, a Matt Irwin did. Uh, so that is an interesting there. Uh, again, Matt Irwin probably played his last season uh, with the Caps, but hats off to him uh, because he did a great job. Even though he was put in the deep freeze for a long time, he came in and and played admirably. He you know, was a great soldier for the Capitals, and I have nothing but good things to say about him. As for the rest of the pending free agents, it's unclear whether any of them will be back in D.C. next season. Speaking at the end of the season press conference in April, McClellan left open the possibility of retaining Brown after he was limited to just four games before suffering a season-ending ACL tear in October. The Caps had hoped he would be among their top scores after acquiring him from Ottawa for a second round pick last season. And that was one of the, the great moves that I liked that, that Mac did is he went out and signed him. I thought that was a solid acquisition on paper, ostensibly why he was signed. And now in actuality, he was signed to fill the role for Tom Wilson. As we know, Tom Wilson had the issue with his knee. So he was going to be the stopgap for Tom Wilson. As it turns out, Connor Brown didn't even get that opportunity to prove himself. But again, for me, I, I know that Connor Brown's a good player and potentially he could be a good hockey player, but we don't know that. And I don't want to spend, you know, I don't want to squander another year on a guy that might be good. I want a guy playing for the Caps that we know is pretty much going to be, you know, a rock solid player. Departures by Sherry, who appeared in all 82 games for the Caps in 22-23. And trade deadline acquisition at Smith would subtract a left and right shot winger, respectively, from the Caps' depth chart. Resigning Brown, a right wing, would fill one of those spots while leaving the other open to be filled by either a prospect or an off-season acquisition. This piece here in NBC Sports Washington. But I know that that's the assessment here that, you know, potentially Connor Brown comes back. I would be most surprised if Connor Brown comes back. He would have to take a deep discount to come back to this team. I don't think the Caps are going to invest a lot of money in a guy that's a question mark. The Caps currently employ 10 forwards on one-way deals. Alexi Protus, who's another intriguing player, as we know, wasn't really slated to be on the big team last season, but played so well in camp. 
He cemented his spot and then kind of had a bit of a bumpy season, all things considered. Who is putting up strong numbers showing in the Calder Cup playoffs with the Hershey Bears right now will be a factor as well after playing 58 games for the Caps this season. He's still waiver exempt along with recent first round picks Connor McMichael and Hendricks Lop here. All three shoot from the left. So here is my feeling on Connor McMichael and Hendricks Lop here. The difficult thing, of course, is where are they going to fit into this lineup? We hear that we want Connor McMichael and we want Hendricks Lop here and there. To that, I say, okay, who's coming out of the lineup? Let's take a look at the center position for Connor McMichael here in particular. Is Dylan Strome coming out? Is Nick Backstrom? Is Kuznetsov? Is Nick Dowd? Who is coming out of the lineup to accommodate Connor McMichael and Hendricks Lop here? Um, you know, and I've talked about in previous episodes, you know, I think that, you know, the Caps would be best served to move on from Backstrom. They are playing him a ton, or paying him rather a ton of money to potentially be a third line center. It just doesn't seem to be too wise. Then you also take Kuznetsov, who could potentially be a better player under the next head coach. As we know, there was a bit of a rift uh, between Laviolette and uh, Kuznetsov. So, you know, potentially Kuzi could be a better player. And again, another gamble. And just the fact that he said that he wants out of DC kind of makes me feel like, you know something, if you want out, just get out. I know that he was, you know, top drafted out there and all that and has on paper, you know, uh, looks like he could be a really great player, but, you know, he's shown flashes of that. It's just sustainability is the hard thing. Of course, the Caps could also shake everything up by swinging an offseason trade, but as things currently stand, they have two positions on the right wing to replace. Hagelin may leave the organization this summer, too, as he continues to work his way back from a hip resurfacing surgery, again, like I talked about, that was similar to Backstrom, though his absence is something the Caps have weathered for over a year. Uh, so some tough questions for the Caps. Again, Matt Irwin, you know, a steady Eddie, played 61 games for the Caps. His most in any campaign, appearing in 74 for Nashville, or excuse me, second most. He played in 74 for Nashville Predators in 1617. But, uh, you know, that that is an interesting thing. You know, you got 61 games out of Matt Irwin, you know, a guy that was kind of just, uh, um, you know, a depth piece at the end of the day. But, you know, when he played for this team, I thought he did a really good job. So I think that, you know, even though he may have played his last season with the Caps, I do think that he will have uh, a spot elsewhere. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about, you know, the pending free agents and that the free agent market is kind of weak. And that is ultimately, I think, why the Capitals will have to explore trade options. Who might those players be? We'll talk about that when Locked On Capitals continues. Tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll be having. One of the stressful things is trying to find tickets to the events that are around you that are hard to get. That is why you need game time. It makes it that much easier. So... Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. 
Right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and follow or subscribe to Locked On Capitals on your podcatcher of choice and YouTube. I have a lot of great interviews lined up for you this summer, not to mention talking about free agency in the draft. So make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. All right. In this next segment here, we're talking about how the free agent market is perceived to be a little bit weak this year and that the Capitals may have to, you know, explore trades and some of, you know, who are some of those expendable players that could be traded? I've spoke about in this show that my three untouchables, if you're an everydayer, you know this, are Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, and John Carlson. And then after that, they should be at least willing to listen to offers on every other player on the team. You know, if I had to pick one other one, even though I'd still be willing to listen, would be Darcy Kemper, but I think they should explore all options on everyone else. So taking a look at the trade candidates out there, and are, there are some intriguing names. Uh, it includes the kind of names that could be the interest of a team like the Capitals who are expected to attempt an aggressive retool this summer after missing the playoffs for the first time in nine years, writes The Athletic. The Caps could use an infusion of youth and speed, particularly up front. A, mo- a bit more offense wouldn't be bad either. After ranking 20th in goals per game, 20th in goals, One could also argue that the core has grown stale and might benefit from some new blood. Sometimes making a change just to make a change is not right, but we're going to look for opportunities, Caps GM Brian McClellan said at this team's season-ending media availability. Opportunities present themselves in free agency in the trade market as we go forward with the draft. So we do know that the Caps have draft capital that they can use in the draft. We also know that they can use that draft capital to acquire other players. So there are options for the Capitals. So we would be more open-minded to opportunities that present themselves this year than we would be uh, maybe in other years. So what does this mean for the Caps, writes the Athletic here? And with free agents market shaping up to be weak, the trade route might be McClellan's best hope of adding an impact player or two. Again, he said he wants to address the top six. Also, maybe tinker a little bit with the blue line here. So a big name out there, center. If you're a fan of the NHL, you know Mark Shifley, 30 years old, 22-23 stats, 42 goals, and 26 assists in 81 games, a cap hit of $6.125 million, signed through 23-24. Not super nuts about the fact that it is just the 23-24 season, so we'll have him for one year and could potentially extend him, but it could give the Capitals a potential to get a nice long look at him, right? As trade board authors Michael Russo and Eric Donacek wrote, this could be a summer of upheaval in Winnipeg after the Jets bowed out meekly in the first round of the Golden Knights. Hence, there are four Jets among the top eight, Connor Connor Hellebuck, Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. So Hellebuck and Wheeler aren't fits in D.C. um, as we know that they have the goaltender situation locked down uh, in the form of uh, Connor, excuse me, of uh, Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. So there is no need to tinker with that too much, unless there is always a caveat to that is if they, you know, traded someone like a Darcy Kemper or they traded someone like a Charlie Lindgren. So there is always the possibility 
for movement there. Knee-jerk reaction, do I see the Caps trading uh, Darcy Camper right now? I really don't. Crazier things have happened. I know that they just signed him to a new deal this past summer, but it is possible. So I'm not going to go ahead and say that's a real possibility. McClellan is on the record as saying he'd like to uh, explore, uh, you know, all options out there. And he said he would like to add more players like Sandine, which is to say young with upside. So the Caps gave up a first round pick to get Sandine, but on paper and what we've seen in a brief snippet, I mean, he played, didn't play for a long time with the Capitals, but what we saw was pretty good. There were some gaps as far as the defense is concerned. Um, but overall, I think that uh, Rasmus Sandine was a pretty good acquisition. Is this a good time to mention that Anthony Mantha made the athletics big board at number 24 or that Evgeny Kuznetsov is listed in the others we're watching category? Uh, so, you know, I, despite the fact that Anthony Mantha had a really poor season this last season, he's another guy that we know that could be getting shipped out it was my belief that they wouldn't get a lot for him. But according to this board on The Athletic, some people, you know, these, these people that like to spitball and pontificate through the summer, they see some value in Anthony Mantha. And, you know, to a certain extent, he's not a horrible player. He had an offseason. Uh, he's also been injured. But, you know, I don't think that if you acquire someone like an Anthony Mantha that you're getting, you know, potentially who you think you might be getting. You're not just because he's tall. And, you know, kind of built doesn't mean that he's going to be an intimidator like Tom Wilson. He is a good skater and he's got a good shot, but, you know, he's hot and cold, kind of like Kuznetsov. So it is kind of just a gamble for any team out there that might be potentially uh, thinking of getting him. But it is interesting that it's on the athletics big board at number 24. So the next one is a bit more intriguing. It's a lot more intriguing, to be honest with you, is William Nylander, right wing for the Maple Leafs. If you're a fan of the NHL, you know Nylander, and he was one of the players that I've heard various DC blogs out there talk about potentially trading Tom Wilson for a William Nylander. You know, of course, it wouldn't be an Apples, you know, it wouldn't be a Nylander for Wilson trade. There would be draft picks and yada, yada, yada involved with it. But... Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and subtract the trade for Tom Wilson and just talk about William Nylander, the player. Age 27, his 22-23 stats, 40 goals and 47 assists in 82 games. A cap hit, $6.962 million, signed through 23-24. Again, another guy that only has another year on the books. Um, again, you can get a nice long look at him and see if, if he's worth it. If he contributes, maybe get, sign him to an extension. After another postseason flameout, there's going to be a lot of smoke around the Leafs' core four and potentially Nylander. You take a look at the Maple Leafs here for a moment, a team that is under the microscope and you know in the pressure cooker all the time. Toronto loves hockey. They love they're Maple Leafs. However, the Maple Leafs have struggled and they have not won a Stanley Cup for a long time. So that is why things are getting shook up in Toronto. And I think that a lot of players might be moving in and out and everywhere, really. As for the right wings, the Caps have Tom Wilson at TJ Oshie and Nicholas Abe Kubel. If we were to assume Wilson will be in the top six, Oshie will skate on the third line with Abe Kubel, will play on the fourth, that ostensibly leaves an opening on either the first or second line. Nylander can be a frustrating player at times, but his ability to create offense cannot be denied. He's produced back-to-back 80-point -back seasons and has 40 points, 17 goals, 23 assists, 
assists in 50 career playoff games. Wow. So, I mean, on paper and just taking a look at the back of his hockey card, he does look like he is one heck of a player. He is one heck of a player. Uh, would the Caps be wise to pursue Nylander? Listen, as long as they didn't have to touch one of my untouchables, I'd be willing to listen. Would Nylander make this team a lot better? You better believe. What is the one thing that they talked about is that they need more scoring forwards on this team. As we know, Ovechkin was the one that carried the bulk of the mail. The year before, Kuznetsov and Wilson were in the top three, you know, along with Ovi. As we know, it wasn't Wilson's fault because he was injured, and Kuznetsov is Kuznetsov. He's hot, he's cold, he's in, he's out. Uh, so Nylander would definitely be an upgrade. All right, coming up here, we're going to talk about other options that the Caps could explore as far as drafting is concerned. We'll talk about that when Locked On Capitals continues. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this is a fun time of season where we can kind of guess and pontificate and throw it at the wall and see if it sticks to see what players or players, uh, player or players could come to this team and make them a lot better. Is it going to come, you know, through free agency? Is it going to come through the draft? There are a lot of different scenarios out there. And as it turns out, you know, just kind of the belief out there is the free agent market is kind of weak this year. The Caps may need to make some big trades if they want to, you know, fix this team and make them competitive sooner uh, than later. So the last player I talked about before the break there was William Nylander and, you know, uh, a good option for the Caps. Another one is Pierre-Luc Dubois, center for the Jets, 24. His 22-23 stats, uh, stats, 27 goals and 36 assists in 73 games. He is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, 6 million cap hit in 22-23. Um, so what they were talking about here in The Athletic, this is a summer Dubois and the Jets must decide if they want to commit to each player and that decision probably needs to be made prior to next month's draft. It's widely believed that Dubois, a Quebec native, wants to play in Montreal. Speculation that should give the potential suitors pause. So probably not going to come to the Capitals. Could happen, but potentially not. The next player we're going to talk about here is an intriguing name, a bigger name. We remember when he played with the Blackhawks and then he signed a deal with the Senators this past season is Alex Dabrinkit, left wing, right wing Senators, uh, age 25. His 22-23 uh, stats are 27 goals and 39 assists in 82 games. He is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, 6.4 mil cap hit in 22-23. In his first season in Ottawa, Dabrinkit saw a drop in goals to 27 from 41, so a downward trajectory you know, maybe give that a moment of pause and mull that over before you pull the trigger on it. A year earlier in Chicago, he did, however, finish with 66 points, a total that would have ranked second on the caps between Ovechkin, 75, and Dylan Strom's 65. The Senators are in a tricky spot. They're in the midst of a sale. They're also desperate to take the next step after missing the playoffs for the sixth straight season. The Ottawa Senators are a team that I hear in the beginning of every year as a team that is going to compete for a playoff spot. And every year they don't compete for a playoff spot. It's a team that has been kind of bad for a long time and they've 
you know, accumulated draft capital. They've, you know, made some intriguing names. They've traded most every, you know, recognizable name out of the organization over the last handful of years. And they are all in on a rebuild, a retool. You know, they're drafting, they're adding players. But for every season, it just does not come to fruition. And next season, no doubt, we will hear that the Senators will be in the mix to make it to the playoffs. And I'm here to tell you in May, that's probably not going to be the case. Hey, they could make some really big acquisitions out there and prove me wrong, but it's just one of those teams. Next year, we're going to be good. Nope, next year, next year. It's just never, it never comes to fruition for Ottawa. And I really don't care. We're talking about the Caps here. Another big name that was mentioned around trade deadline is Brock Besser. Uh, at age 26, the 22-23 stats, 18 goals and 37 assists in 74 games. A cap hit of $6.65 million signed through the 24-25 season. So if you you know trade for him, at least you're going to get an extra year on there. Besser is a four-time 20-goal scorer with, who established a career high in assists this season for the Canucks team that missed the playoffs for the third year in a row. And with two years left on his contract, that's some short-term cost certainty built in if, of course, the Caps were able to send some salary the other way. Um, Brock Besser, um, other than William Nylander, of the players that I've talked about in this episode, is the most intriguing to me. I think that his trajectory is still pointing up. Uh, same goes for Nylander. As we talked about Debrinket, um, I, I think that, you know, he's kind of, I, I don't want to just, you know, paint him as his career's over, but his trajectory or, you know, how he's trending, it seems to be kind of going in a downward um, direction. So I do think Brock Besser would be a good option for the Caps uh, if they were able to do that. Uh, taking a look here, a little bit further down the list is Nick Schmaltz, right wing center Coyotes, another guy that was talked about. Um, around the trade deadline, uh, age 27, his 22-23 stats, 22 goals and 36 assists in 63 games, cap hit 5.85 mil, signed through 25-26. I like that aspect of it. I like that, you know, there would be some term to that deal. Schmaltz is coming off another solid season in the desert and is under contract for three more seasons at a reasonable average annual value. His contract is backloaded, though, so the actual dollar amounts are high. 7.5 mil, 8.45 mil, and 8.5 mil. That could present an issue for the Coyotes, whose revenue stream will be limited once again by playing in a 4,600-seat mullet arena next season. Again, I think that the NHL would be wise to stop trying to make hockey work in Arizona. It just seems like they've tried. They've tried, they've tried, they've tried. Let's move the team to Houston. Seems to be a logical fit. But Nick Schmaltz here, I do think that he would be a good player for the Capitals. Um, I do like his uh, statistics here. I also do like the fact uh, that he does have some term on his deal. So I kind of like you know, where that is going. I do think that that would be a good option. So the last player I'm going to talk about in today's episode is Elias Lindholm, center for the Flames, age 28, 22 goals and 42 assists in 80 games, a cap hit of 4.85 mil signed through the 23-24 season. If it feels like Lindholm kills the Caps, well, that's because he pretty much always does. In fact, in 26 career games against the Caps, he's got 13 goals. The only team he's victimized more is Edmonton, and he's played them nine more times. 
Um, so I do think it would be a good option for the Caps to consider. So this is what we're talking about in this in this episode is we're talking about that this team did not live up to potential this last season. So it would be the definition of insanity to put, you know, pretty much the same group of players on the ice, save a different coach and think they're going to get, you know, a drastically different result. I know what Barry Trotz did, but, you know, there's a lot of players on this team uh, that aren't, you know, from around when Barry Trotz was here. And those those players have gotten older. You know, take a, even a look at Alex Ovechkin, who continues to surge, but take a look at Baxter with his hip resurfacing procedure. And, you know, they moved Eller out of here and uh, Oshi, And there's just, in Mantha, there's a lot of players on this team that just are not cutting it. So these are some options that I listed here through trades. Um, are the Caps willing to get aggressive? And are Caps fans willing to stomach what that means? That means that they might have to trade away a Connor McMichael, a Hendrick Slop here, a Vinny Iorio to get one of these top-tier players. But that is what you must do to get a top-tier player. You're not going to get one of the players that I mentioned here. You're not going to get a Nylander for an Anthony Mantha. It's just not going to happen. Uh, you're not going to get a Brock Besser, you know, even if you sweeten the deal with Kuznetsov. Potentially, I don't know if they would even go for that. To get someone like a Brock Besser or a William Nylander, you are going to have to give up a lot. Um, so that is an interesting thing. I remember when Chikrin, uh, the Caps were all in on that, and there was a lot of talk where it was going to be um, Mantha, it was going to be potentially Kuznetsov plus draft picks. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about here. To think that you're going to get a top-tier, upper-echelon hockey player you know, for an Anthony Mantha and, you know, maybe a guy down in Hershey, that's not going to be the case. If it is a guy in Hershey, it is going to be a top prospect. It's going to be a McMichael, a LaPierre, Vinny Iorio, um, you know, just off the top of my head here, you know, Ivan Mirishnashenko potentially uh, to get that. So if you want to get better, the other teams are going to say, I understand that you want to get this player, but we're going to want something pretty big too. So the Caps fans are going to have to be willing to be patient and have a little bit of vision here. You know, if it means that they move on from Backstrom or they move on from Oshi or they have to give up one of their, you know, beloved players down in Hershey to make, to get one of these top tier players that could make this team better next year, then that's what they're going to have to do. And, you know, it's ultimately not up to us. It's up to Brian McClellan, but as the fan base, you're going to have to accept it for one, because we have no other choice, but have a little vision I know that we're always like, well, 20, 2018 Stanley Cup, Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie, you know, save us and get us. It's not going to happen. You need to take that dream and crumple it up and throw it in the garbage can. That is not going to be the case. I'm not going to say that Backstrom and Oshie and Alex Ovechkin couldn't help contribute to another success, but to think that those guys are going to be able to carry the bulk on their shoulders is short-sighted and a bit ludicrous, to be honest with you. I think for this team to be competitive next season, big changes are what is going to have to take place if the Capitals want to make the most of the Alex Ovechkin era and not squander it. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. When you're done here, head on over to Locked On NHL, where they have the entire NHL Stanley Cup playoffs covered. So head on over to Locked On NHL. And if you are a fan of DC sports, there is also Locked On Nationals, Commanders, and Wizards. So there are plenty of options if you are a fan of a DC team. So head on over to one of those podcasts today. All right, my name is Dan Homie of Locked On Capitals, where it is 
your team every day. And I'll talk to you next time.